Uh, so we had a scary moment the other night. Okay. Uh, you're, we? Yeah, you were there. I'm, I was there? You were there. I don't remember doing that. You will as soon as I okay. bring it back. Okay. Uh, and I was scared. Uh, yes. Okay. Um, you got pickpocketed. Oh, I did. Yeah. Yeah, and I flipped out. I know. Like, I know. Yeah. Like, you, Dude. your wallet was in your pocket, and then we went to use it, and it wasn't in your pocket. Yeah. And, and I carry like, a front wallet, too. Yeah. I carry one of the minimized, minimal, minimalist wallets. Yeah. It has just the... the, the cards. The cards that you need, and yeah. that is it. Yeah. And it's a clip, it cl- like it clips to the inside of your pocket. Yeah, it scared the shit out of me. Yeah, yeah. and you were pickpocketed, and yeah. Uh, I, I, at that point, I'm like retracing my steps. I'm about ready to go because we're at a mall. Yeah, we're at a mall. I'm like, fuck, I got to go back to this store and this store. Got to go on. Somebody like, must have picked it up. I had to drop it. Like all those things just start yeah. running through. Where right? was it? I blah, blah, did. Blah. I you check all of your pockets twice just to make sure you didn't move it for some reason. You're yeah, starting to retrace your steps, and for whatever reason, I looked at the kids and I said, "Do you guys have Papa's wallet?" And the leaf goes, yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> I was like, what? Oh, I could. She goes, I yeah. Agree. When we were bumping into each other, so like you guys were walking up the halls of the mall, yeah, and they were trying to smash into you, and you would smash into them. We were playing a game, yeah, yeah. And during that time, she pickpocketed you, and you didn't even know it. Little shit. I, my our, eight, my eight, eight year old, old eight, skillfully, eight. <laughs> unknowingly pickpocketed a forty year old man. We could probably make some money. She's dude. good, <laughs> <laughs> but where did she learn the skill? Like, yeah, where where does where does one pick up the pickpocketing skills? I don't know because I, mean, I think that that's something that you have to practice to get good at. But she's a natural at everything. <laughs> oh shit, man! I was so mad. I could not. Oh my goodness! I was so mad. And you're right. She I was thought scared it was chills. so I was, funny. I was scared. But. Like, do you get mad at your kid for that? I mean, a little bit. I mean, I was mad yeah. at first, but then I let it go because whatever. I'm okay, involved. lesson learned. Let's not do it again. Yeah. Shed. <laughs> 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 Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, come in, listen, enjoy. It's time for a shut up. I love you. <laughs> I love you. By DNR. Thank you so much for finding us. This show is about DMB. Uh, Maybe a little bit of DMB talk. Sure. About life. Yeah. And us, all of us, everyone. Um, my name is David. I put the D in DNR, and this is Rachel. Good morning, Rachel. Good morning, David. How was your week? It was okay. Yeah. I mean, we're back to normal um, routine. Routine, yes. And yeah. in, in, in and out of doing the things that we normally do on a day to day life. So, um, Thank you to all our friends that uh, reached out to us last week, and that show was, it was hard. It was a hard show to do, however, it was one that needed to be done, and and we, it was received with great um, love, and there's a a lot of people that listened, and and some enjoyed it, like thought it was was something that needed. Cathartic. Cathartic, yeah. Yeah, what a good word. You're such a wordsmith. I'm a. Wordsmithery is on point. I have a love of eloquence. 
something like that. You tried too hard there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, we we want to make this one a little bit more funny. Is that a? Can can we do that? I hope. I hope. <laughs> we <laughs> need smiles. <laughs> so, friends, please find us. Um, we're we're and anywhere you download podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, uh, rate, review, subscribe. It means the world to us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We just cannot say thank you enough. Um, yeah, that that rating and reviewing and subscribing it just helps us out in so many so many different ways. Um, and um. We are, we like lifting people up, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we love lifting people up and we love having conversations. And um, we ha- had a friend and um, uh, a friend that kind of, we didn't realize that we were so close to this, this friend um, who is trying to do a feat and asked us if he, if he can, pro- I, uh, maybe I asked him, he asked us, either way, it doesn't matter. Irrelevant, we have... Um, with us today, our um, comedian friend, Mr. Ronnie. Ronnie, you here, bud? Yep, how are you? Uh, yeah, not too bad. Um, I have to ask, I didn't ask before when I went to talk, how do you pronounce your last name? Is it Pascal or Pascale? Or am I? Uh, that's one thing that I've re- realized that I have any particular cares about it, but my grandmother gets really angry about how it's pronounced. <laughs> Uh, and also, she gets angry that I call her my grandma. She's my nanny, so I should get this right <laughs> yeah. on both ends. Uh, she will say that it's Pascal, okay. uh, but I accept whatever you want to call me. Okay. okay. I wanted to say Pascal too. So yeah, Ron- close. Works for me. <laughs> okay, so friends, find them at Ronnie Pascal on Twitter. Um, any any other uh, places people can go find you, Ronnie? Uh, currently I'm working on a website that hasn't gone live yet. So soon, but not yet. Okay. Fair enough. Um, yeah. And uh, find him on Twitter. Uh, A lot of funny, great stuff. And, um, he's, he's doing a thing with 365 podcasts and 365 days. Uh, however, we'll get Mm -hmm. it. We will get into that in a minute. So Ronnie, uh, give everybody an introduction. Let uh, tell everybody what you're all about. Hi, I'm Ronnie Pascal. I do stand-up and improv in New York City. Uh, I'm happiest when I'm on the road, though, because I love New York, but I love to get out of this place. Yeah. Um, that sounded, I felt like a very cheesy 1970s game show introduction. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's cool. Um, stand-up comedy in New York is probably easy and hard at the same time. Yeah, it's been easier for me to get into. So I'm newer to stand-up than I am in improv. I've been doing improv for close to a decade. Okay. Uh, but stand-up, just for about a few months actually now, I did it a long time ago and enjoyed it, but didn't follow up on it. Uh, so I think like my path there was easier than I think someone just starting out because I already knew how to write jokes and I already knew how to perform. So now it's just like the process of doing it. Okay. I um I have recently started getting into improv comedy and I didn't realize I tell people it was in uh itch that I did not know I had in a scratch that I did not know I needed. Um I enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy it very much and uh it's fun like it's uh but it's that um being silly on stage and just letting go of that like 
embarrassment factor. There's a there's a factor in there where you you're just going up on stage being silly, and you have to mm-hmm. give, you have to give up everything everything that you know, all your insecurities, all of that. You just give it up. It's done, and just walk out with a clean mind, and it, it you find the funny pretty easily. I feel like. Yeah, definitely. The first like bunch of years doing it were terrifying for me because I'm very like shy and introverted naturally. And so I was like, why am I even doing this? I still don't really know why, but I enjoyed it. So I just kept on pushing through that. Good for you. Cause yeah, that's, you yeah. don't usually have shy introverts doing things like improv or stand up comedy. <laughs> so no. yeah, good. I think part of me just really likes attention, even though I hate admitting I like attention. <laughs> I mean, we all like attention, I think. I mean, we we have yeah. said um, the easiest way to talk about somebody, or sorry, I did that wrong. When, when talking to somebody, meeting somebody new, or in trying to engage in conversation with someone, is talking to them about themselves. Yeah. Give them an opportunity yeah. to talk about themselves and it like the conversation comes naturally. So um, that's mm-hmm. what we've always found that it's, it, yeah, we're in the same boat. We're kind of shy and introverted people. So when we talk to <laughs> Rich I'm going, shaking. no, yeah. no, we're not. <laughs> <Just shaking her. laughs> no, like I meet a new person and within an hour, you're my new best friend and we have all of our life goals are in sync. And <laughs> is that with or without tequila? I mean, both. It's like 20 minutes with tequila. <laughs> it's for me with 10 minutes with tequila. <laughs> See, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Um, so. So, Ronnie, let's talk a little bit about 365 podcasts in 365 days. Wow. That is a tall yeah. task, right? Or not? Is it's it- a lot. <laughs> I bit off more than I could chew when I drunkenly pitched that to myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, is it... Um, Go ahead. I'm sorry. What was your question? I mean, it's... Where, it, it, I guess you're kind of answering the question, is just kind of a drunken evening, like, hey, well, I'm going to make a, this, I uh, my year, I can do it, my New Year's resolu- resolution, or it was it? No, uh, there was a little bit more to it, but, yeah. uh, so, I've been doing comedy for about 10 years now, and I've done well, but I don't feel like I've taken it seriously a lot of times when I should have been doing it, and so this for me was just a stupid excuse to like take it seriously a little bit more. Uh, but also what I've been enjoying about it is meeting new people that I wouldn't normally have met and just like being active and finding new things and talking about new things. For instance, I like Dave Matthews band, but I wouldn't normally like, Oh yeah, let's talk about Dave Matthews today. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of thing. So for, for, for me, it's just like pushing forward, like the say yes and to doing something different. Okay. Good. Yeah, that is. Yeah, there is a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, so is there any kind of skill set you think that can come from doing this? I mean, I, I guess you kind of answer that too with talking to a bunch of different people um, and maybe learning things that you didn't really learn or anything else you're trying to look to get from it. Yeah, I think that, uh, well, a friend of mine joked a long time ago that you could stick me in a room and I'll make friends with everyone and I'll get bored and start making friends with like the walls and inanimate objects. <laughs> so 
uh, I'm just like, you know what? This also will help me like slow down, listen to people a little bit better. Cause sometimes I don't think I do that well, even though I should be an improviser, uh, because the biggest skill set there is slowing down, listening, reacting. And I think a lot of times I don't focus on that as much. I think about me, 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 and I got to worry about less me, me, me. If that makes any sense. Yeah, it does actually. Yeah. No, the, you, you're reaching out and focusing instead of being so, uh, flighty with a conversation. Yeah. You have to sit and focus and engage and talk about Mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. And then I guess for me being on stage, like I, I have been on stage in that improv setting where, um, if I don't hear something or I dismiss somebody's, um, uh, saying what the, what they said to me and I don't, I just dismiss it and go down a different whatever. Oh, I had like a, I'm a dump truck and I'm just going straight down the road and I'm just plowing <laughs> over everything. Um, you miss a lot of good things, little tidbits from conversations that um, other people give you, little gifts that, that, that they give you and you miss them um, and you don't get mm-hmm. to go explore those, those ideas. Have you got to play a dump truck on stage yet? That sounds fun. <laughs> no, I have not. Uh, my no. my improv comedy um, career has been two shows. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, my challenge for you is next show start as a dump truck. It's the way. <laughs> See what happens. Have you been a dump yeah. truck on stage? Not yet. Unfortunately not. Yeah, I don't think I thought to ever make that move, but it's kind of genius. So <laughs> there you go. The the podcast. Yeah, you can literally dump anything out of you. And what you dump out of you is a fun surprise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would. Yeah, that would be a good, would you know, be a good starting scene. tool. Yeah. Like, OK, <laughs> maybe that's what the audience suggestion is. Can I get an object that would dump out of a dump truck that's not concrete? <laughs> Oh my gosh! I I mean I'm like <laughs> rolodexing the, the possibilities <laughs> right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this could be fun. Did, uh, I would watch that show all day long. <laughs> <laughs> did you um? Did you get trained anywhere in improv in New York City, or um? Have you just been yeah. doing it? Yeah, I got trained at the Pit in New York City. It's been my main place. Oh, okay. Um, and then I've also studied at the Magnet Theater and Upright Citizens Brigade. And then I had a very short stint in Los Angeles, and I also took classes at Second City in Los Angeles. Okay. Yeah, awesome. Good. Yeah. So just kind of all over the place and just piecing together everyone's point of view. That's the making of something beautiful, though. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully. Fingers crossed. (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) So um, let's go. I know you said something about uh, having, having, having. Uh, having a run-in with the Dave Matthews band at one point, like you have a Dave Matthews band story that you would like to share. And I'm super Yeah, excited. there's kind of a story. Okay, I'm excited. Uh, so this would have been, uh, I'm guessing 2007 or 2008. Uh, and I was working, I just got a job as a, I was working at a grocery store and there was another guy I befriended very quickly, but we were total opposites. He was into like jam band music and hippie lifestyle. And I uh, admittedly love punk rock music more than anything. And so we had no reason to be friends other than I think we both like to drink a lot and we both like to smoke weed a lot. Okay. And 
working at a grocery store, you're like limited of who your friend pool is, by the way. Yeah. So you're like, oh, I'll be friends with this person because we kind of have similar interests. Yeah. And then so uh, that year, the Bonnaroo lineup came out and Dave Matthews was headlining one of the stages, the main stage, obviously. Yeah. And we both decided to take two weeks off from work. And I was living in Connecticut at this point where I'm from. And we took two weeks off. The first week was just a road trip from Connecticut driving to New Orleans. And then week two is going to be driving back and spending it in Bonnaroo. Uh, so uh, we're like counting down. It's going, uh, it's getting closer and closer to it. And the day before he and I got into a big argument Ooh. because uh, he goes, oh, and I was a uh, little detail is I, I'm driving at, cause he doesn't have his driver's license. So I'm the one driving the all the way time. to New Orleans. <laughs> And all the way back to Tennessee and then back to Connecticut after that. Okay. And so uh, on our first day, we're about to go on the road and he pulls me aside. He hands me a copy of Fair Loathing in Las Vegas and says, this is what our road trip is going to be like. Uh, (laughs) And I was like, if I'm driving, that's not what it's going to be like. We're going to go to bed by like eight or nine o'clock every day. We're going to drink a lot of water. We're going to be very straight edge about this whole thing. If we get pulled over and you have drugs on you and we get arrested or I get my car towed, then this is end of friendship right now. Yeah. Uh, so we ended up driving to New Orleans and it was actually really fine. It was a good drive. And, uh, but my first day in New Orleans, it was really hot and humid. It was like anything, nothing I've ever experienced before in my entire life. And we quickly realized that you could legally buy cigars and smoke them on the street, which is not something you could do in Connecticut. And I don't know how to smoke. So I just puffed this entire cigar like a cigarette and finished it in about 10 minutes and ended up getting sick all over the place. It was not fun. Oh, it was awful. Well, I don't think I've ever smoked a cigar again. And I was like 20 when this happened. (laughs) Uh, now I'm 34. So a while ago, no, that's okay. Uh, and then we go, <laughs> yeah, I'm probably better off. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, so our, we are a few days in New Orleans ends and then we drive back up to Bonnaroo and he just goes missing for five days, but, or four days, however long Bonnaroo is. And all I could think of the entire time is, Oh, he is making this as fair and loathing weekend. Yeah. And I was like, good thing. I'm not part of it. It was a lot. And then the one thing I do remember is just randomly running into him at the Dave Matthews stage uh, (laughs) while Crash Into Me was playing. And I was just like, how fitting is all of this? Well, good. Yeah. (laughs) Except that song I re-listened to recently and is way more sexually explicit than I remember it being. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But that's one thing about the music is like you're taking from it what you're feeling at that time. So I totally get it. Like the, the, in in the moment, the irony of like crashing into your friend, but then when that moment is not happening and you listen to it and follow the lyrics a little closer, you're like, Oh, I get it. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. That song came out when I was like 10 or 11 and I loved it but I didn't really like think about it. Yeah. And I think uh, I was thinking about this earlier today is that 
I gave it more like a metaphorical thought of like crash into me kind of thing. Yeah. Not like the literal. And then uh, re-listening to it last week, I was like, oh man, he's just being blatantly sexual in the song. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, the, the coming to you is pretty obvious. <laughs> <laughs> Which was not a phrase I thought about as an 11-year-old. Right. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, so we just like ran into each other. We didn't talk to each other for the rest of the trip. And then we got home. I don't think we ever talked again after that, even though we spent this like very intimate two weeks, like not sexually intimate, but like living in a car together. And then uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Camping. Could not yeah. think of the word camping. <laughs> yeah. In a tent together for another week. Yeah. That's and it was just like, this is such a weird, weird experience, but like in the most delightful way. I don't know that I we have ever gone to a show. We've been to a lot of Dave Matthews shows, and we've never gone to one of like a caravan or a Bonnaroo or a festival show. I know there's a lot of festival shows this year coming up, but I don't like I don't know that we would. We're just not festival people. I guess. So we've done um, a couple like day long festivals. It's just the one day from okay. like yeah. noon to midnight or whatever. Yeah. Um and that even is a little bit much like we want to take a little yeah. bit of a break in there. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, we're we're um conservative partiers, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> uh, old fuddy duddies. You know, we're old yeah. There's definitely moments where I'm like, get off my flowers. You know? no, <laughs> yeah. This the- is my space. <laughs> Don't encroach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that- I feel pretty much the same now too. I so Bonnaroo was the one I went to, I think was in two thousand and eight, I'll say. So like twelve years ago. And then uh I hadn't been to an outdoor festival and since then and then about a year ago i went to firefly which is in delaware because i was invited mm-hmm. and i was miserable the entire time because it's like oh crowds uh the heat who could fix the weather and i was like it's july there's yeah. no fixing or changing this yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's people all around me and they're yeah. touching me yeah. Ugh, stop uh, <laughs> and where do i get food the quickest where do i get food the cheapest where do i hydrate where do i bathroom yeah, yeah. Clean. Clean. Clean Clean bathroom. bathroom. (laughs) Yeah. Well, what I remember about Bonnaroo was it cost $7 to take a shower. So I didn't take a shower the whole week. And then uh, there was this, like, communal, like, shower fountain thing that everyone was in. The water just looked like mud at one point. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, don't ever want to relive this experience ever in my entire life. (laughs) At least that part of it. There's that's why you stay drunk the whole time, <laughs> you know. Yeah, exactly. It's so that you can withstand the living conditions. Yeah. So I, I guess I, I, like, I go ahead, Ronnie. Oh, well, I do remember we bought two thirty packs of like natural light or something like that, <laughs> and left them in our trunk. And uh, I think you're allowed to like bring alcohol to Bonnaroo if I remember correctly. And that's all I drank for a week. I no. mean, well, that was probably very hydrating water anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. You're all right. Yeah. yeah, I survived. I've lived to talk about it a decade later. Yeah. But I, the, the one thing that kind of came out of this is like, that's a great conversation topic. Reliving music from 
10 years ago or 20 years ago have like is there ever can you think of songs like that that you have kind of listened to and then came back and listened to maybe later in life with a different perspective and and understood the song differently I mean, because, yeah, Crash, <clears throat> Crash is a good one. Like, that's a good, um, there is definitely a, 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 a ch- hearing it with the child's ears and coming back and hearing it with the adult's ears, and you're like, oh, wow, you know. In the- yeah, well, I have one example that kind of makes sense, I guess. Uh, when I was five or six-year-old, uh, I was at my father's house and I was singing to my stepmother a hit song that I did not know the lyrics. I didn't know what they meant. I know what the words were, but the lyrics were, I want to sex you up. <laughs> and I was yeah, that's a good one. singing that to my stepmother. And my father was like, don't say that. And very quickly, like a couple of years later, I was like, oh, I get what that means now. But as a six-year-old, no idea. Yeah, it's uh, just the, the words. Salt and pepper kind of comes to mind, like shoop. Or yeah, I feel like I, I knew. Oh, I don't know what shoot means. Is that a gross one? No, it like they they want to screw you. It's oh, nice. Also sexually motivated. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I mean, unfortunately or fortunately, my mom taught me young what things were. Uh-huh. So mm-hmm. I I knew that it yeah. was about sex. I like yeah. I'm really trying to think back, and I feel like. I just pretty much knew what it was about. Like, I didn't understand why it was such a big deal. I didn't understand why everybody's singing about sex all the time. I mean, yeah, that's ridiculous. But now I'm like, oh, it's because everybody thinks about sex all the time. <laughs> it's all we think about. Yeah. Uh, I guess, yeah. I guess if you're going to, yeah. I mean, that's the, the one topic everybody can relate to. And yeah, if you want to sell a lot of music, you know, sing what everybody else wants to hear. Yeah. yeah, about sex and heartbreak. Emotion. And sometimes sexy heartbreak. And or drugs. There's a lot of you know oh, yeah. yeah, a lot of songs about drugs. Uh sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Yeah. That's it's what sells the records. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. So did you uh did you do any brushing up on any other Dave Matthews band stuff? I well that I listened to that entire album. Uh, and then I did a little deep dive on Dave that I didn't, I just read his Wikipedia and I knew nothing about him, honestly, as a person. <laughs> and I did not know that he was an actor. So I was like, Oh, that's impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the whole sister story broke my heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's cool. I was like, Oh, this isn't funny to talk about. Let's <laughs> talk about something serious and heartbreaking. <laughs> Yeah, that's neat coming from it from uh, from that kind of angle. A new with, perspective. A new perspective, yeah. That's yeah. neat. I mean, yeah. for us, we've been doing this thing for, we started in 90, whatever, 98, 99. And that's um, when we started going to shows. And um, it's been part of our lives for, for that long. Like, that's just what we did. That's our summer mm-hmm. vacation. You know, we go to two or three or four or five or, you know, this year I think I want to try to do seven shows, you know, but it's just part of our. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> so do you go city to city? Is that how that is? Uh, sometimes there's some cities where you do both nights or all three nights. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> there are some cities where you have to go like we just want to go to that city because we know that it's fun there. Or we have met yeah. people. Or yeah, something. we have friends there that we, it, it turns into a whole vacation yeah. 
So just like you, Ronnie, with your 365 podcast, I guess uh, you're making friends. Like we've been doing this concert thing. We go to places and we meet friends or whatever. And we have this collection of friends that we have now from all over the place that, you know, we got, we call up and I'm like, Hey, I think we're doing, we're going to go. We're going to come to the show in your area. Let's get together. And they're always like, yeah, let's do this and, and go and hang out and all of that stuff. So it becomes like almost a family of friends mm-hmm. that you have all across the all the and in each one having a relatable like you you go there with the you know we all love this thing you know this one thing yeah that makes sense because i made we made friends with the people in the camp next to us and we stayed facebook friends and so like 12 years later i met these people once and they still comment on things on my facebook and i was like this is crazy yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah i mean you have a connection with somebody they become your best friend for that time yeah and mm-hmm. yeah they're a part of your life now yeah so and i guess that... yeah it's a go ahead i was just going to say it's a good thing to have yeah and I guess that's part of uh, maybe building our relationship too is that um, we have been together so long that we have a series of collective, there's a big collective of moments in our life that it's at this point, it's pretty much hard to walk away from. It's hard to mm-hmm. walk away from the history that you know you, you and I may have because of all the history, no matter how... Yeah, no, I actually was having a conversation with my sister about something very uh, like that today that she, my, my sister is uh, planning her honeymoon. And I was saying Mm -hmm. how important that is that, you know, I understand you want to do this as monetarily efficient as possible, but out of all of the things that is something it's okay to splurge on. That's an investment because our honeymoon was how many years ago mm-hmm. and we still talk about it that yeah. you mm-hmm. you make those memories you you build that foundation and it's it's something that it helps with your everyday yeah building relationships with yeah people. it's important definitely yeah so yeah you you know you meet this person at a campground and I guess if you're going to be next to them for a week, you hope that there are people you get along with. You try to find those things that you can get along with them. Cause basically it's, it's like you said, it's a very intimate situation that you guys are a cloth apart all week long, yeah. you know, <laughs> that you have to build some kind of a relationship with them. And then you, you develop these feelings and friendships and they're a part of your life now. Yeah. Yeah, and 12 years later, they're still commenting on Facebook posts. You become Facebook friends. Yeah. And 12 years later, I'm still talking about them on podcasts. See? (laughs) It happens. So they, like, definitely make an impression in your life, and it's a good, fun thing. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, uh, let's talk about comedy for a little bit. Sure. Like, what... what made you, or not made you, like, this is a, a, it's an odd art form for us, and, mm-hmm. like, I feel like it's an art form, and I love comedy, and so much so that I keep, it keeps drawing me towards it, uh, you know, I keep touching, oh, I'm gonna do a comedy podcast, or I'm gonna go do improv, and I just feel myself gravitating towards this thing, do you, how did you start doing this? Uh... Uh, the way I started doing it was many years ago, uh, my brother and I would watch 
the Dick Van Dyke show with my mother. And then later my brother would tell my father all the jokes that were on Dick Van Dyke (laughs) and my father would laugh and I would get jealous of his attention. So, uh, very selfishly, I wanted attention and, uh, I have four brothers, so there's five of us. And I was like, how do I outshine everyone? And all of my brothers are very athletic. So I was like, I'll be the artsy one, I guess. Uh, and then that just kind of was in the back of my brain for my entire life. But I don't think I was ever, like, inclined towards doing it. And then uh, about 10 years ago, I was driving, and a radio commercial came on for a Second City touring company show that was coming to my hometown in New Haven. And it just sounded like fun. I went to it. And then after, I was just, like, mind blown. I was like, uh, how do I do that? And one of the performers was like, oh, go to New York and take classes. <laughs> and being only an hour and a half away, I was like, you know what? I'll do that. So for eight weeks, I drove to New York once a week to take an improv class. And then after doing it, I very quickly was like, oh, I just need to move there and do this because this is what I want to be doing. And so I like figured out how to like monetize it. So I only work in theater now. And it was just like... The, it's this dumb thing that like you don't think you like it and as soon as you start doing it the more you do it the more you want to do more yeah i i can agree with that 100 i didn't know i liked it i didn't know i needed it i didn't like until I, you do it and then i did it and i was like ooh, i, I like this. this feeling yeah this is good <laughs> and yeah it's a fun thing <laughs> yeah and it wasn't even like a, I played for like 20 people that were all my friends and family. Like there wasn't anybody mm-hmm. in the crowd and I'm still going, I'm walking off stage going, Ooh, that was nice. <laughs> yeah. Those first few shows are your favorite and the most memorable. And after that, they just kind of are like, okay, we're still doing this. How do I like, it's, I would almost say it's like a drug in that they say that your first few times are your like strongest highs. Right. And then after that, uh, you're like chasing to get back to there. Yeah. Okay. And that's how I feel with improv. And that's how I feel about sketch. I, the first few years I remember vividly and I remember everything I've done. And then after that, I'm like, I still remember some shows, but I don't remember every single show. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's, it's so fun though. I like, it's something that I don't think I'll ever stop doing. I was like, I went through a phase about two years ago where I moved to California, but not to do the Hollywood thing, but just to like uh, move to California because my friends had moved there. And I was like, okay, this will help me get away from New York, look like I'm still doing it, but also kind of sneakily give up on comedy for a little while. And after doing that for a year, I was like, what else would I be doing? I don't want to work at a grocery store again. I don't want to wait tables. I don't want to. I dropped out of college three times, so I don't have a degree or anything. Mm-hmm. And I do legitimately enjoy being on stage. I love making people laugh, especially at new jokes that I don't expect a laugh to come from. <laughs> yeah, that's good. And with improv, it's much more immediate. So you get to try it out right then. You're like, oh, my brain just thought of that, and I get to say that out loud right now? Amazing. Can't wait to try that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, is it hard to make a living at? It feels like it's something that would be hard to make a living at. Yeah, I think so. I think I got lucky in that I figured out how to work on the administrative side of a theater for a little while. So I like figured out how to just make money from doing lights for shows or like doing the box office or front of house stuff. Uh, 
I don't know a lot of people that have done it that way. And I'm still trying to figure out how to make money only from writing comedy or only performing comedy because I have not made very much money doing it. Um, like one time I did an improv show in Washington, D.C. So we drove from New York to Washington, did our show. It's about a five-hour drive. Did our show and got paid in beer and slap bracelets. And I was like, can't pay that to my landlord. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, this, yeah, it's difficult. You, so I think you have to grind really hard, though. So if you find a stand-up place that's going to pay you, some people could make like three, four, five hundred dollars a night doing it. Okay. Yeah. That's. And if you do like two of those a week, where you're doing five hundred dollars, you're like, oh, a thousand dollars. That's a livable wage. Yeah. 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 Y- yes, but it, you're living the yucky part—the part that you have to work up to that. And yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you get to stay in it though. I feel like I've seen people struggle when they have a day job and then they do this other thing and they're trying to get discovered or they're trying to hone in their writing skills or, you know, whatever it is. And I, I see that as a burnout because it's almost like having two full-time jobs and mm-hmm. because you get to do that, like, yes, it's the behind the scenes or the administrative or the box officer. It's still involved in that environment. So you still get to see it and live it and stay motivated with it. And that's awesome. Yeah. The thing that I've taken away from it. So my main financial gig is I do lighting for shows. So I meet new people nearly every day. Uh, I get to see people's creative processes. I get to see them with their hair down kind of thing. And so I produce a variety show once a week. Okay. And with that variety show, I get to see different people. I'm like, hey, do you want to do my show? And so they hire me to do their lighting. And then I ask them to do five minutes of stand up on my show. And then generally they invite me to do their show later. So I'm like, you know what? This is a vicious circle that will just keep continuing in a, like a vicious in a good way circle of it's all like scratching each other's backs until we get to the top or something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. And that's a that's um, one thing I noticed in the the little bit uh, community that I've been in is we want to help lift each other up. You want to help other people succeed because that's only going to help you succeed too as well. So the people around you that are succeeding, then there's a chance you maybe you have a chance to succeed too. I like that. I think mm-hmm. that's beautiful. You know. Yeah. And then it's hard. And too. the other thing too that I like about it, like going back to the festival thing, is. Uh, I toured around doing improv a whole bunch. So I like that I could go to a different city and I've already befriended someone there and I'll be like, Hey, can I jump on your improv show? Or, Hey, can I do five minutes of stand up at your theater in your hometown? Because I just happen to be there because I'm visiting family or friends or whatever happened. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 So the, the other thing too, Ronnie, as as I'm going through, I love going through your feed. Uh, uh, friends, please go go find them uh, at, at <laughs> Ronnie Pascal um, on mm-hmm, on, mm-hmm. on Twitter and uh, read through all the jokes. There's all, always something funny coming out of that. I love it. I love Thank going you. through. 
all the time, makes me laugh all the time. But I, I also enjoy, and I don't like enjoy is probably a bad word, but it's, uh, it makes me feel good that you are pretty open about mental health and in your, mm-hmm. in your, I don't want to say struggle, but I mean, I struggle with mental health, I feel like. So I, my I, journey, I yes. guess. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And, and I, I uh, admire that. I, I think it's Thank special. You. I think it's pretty that other people are, and I feel like you're open about it. Like you're, it's just like drinking water, it's just something that you do. And I thought that was neat. Thank you. Yeah. I started showing signs of depression when I was like 10 or 11. Uh, and I would just like throw erratic tantrums over no reason. And good thing my tantrums have gone away, but uh, yeah, I had a pretty <laughs> difficult childhood. Uh, I was like a crazy loud person who would be angry over nothing. And then that has calmed down a whole bunch. Uh, and then my mom passed away when I was 20. And so what that did was it was like a month or two before my 21st birthday. So I like held it in for like a month or two. And then I just started drinking a whole lot, uh, and never dealt with it. And so by never dealing with it, uh, just, I would have these crazy outbursts that I didn't know what was causing them. Uh, and they would leave me panic attacks and me yelling at people. I was not happy or fun to be around. And then about five, six years ago, I was dating someone. And then I just was in a bad place having tantrums pretty much every day. And then I like decided for myself of like, oh, I need to go to a psychiatrist. I need to deal with this. This isn't cool. This isn't the way she is a person. And he very quickly pointed out, like, oh, it's because you never dealt with your mother's death. So all of this, you just pretended it never happened. So, like, every now and then something might, something small might trigger it. And so I was like, oh, yeah, he's probably right. So what that meant was I had to slow down on drinking. And I'm to the point where I don't drink at all anymore. Uh, Or if I do, it's like one drink for, like, a special occasion. So it was just me trying to get my drinking in check, me trying to talk through. And then what I realized by going to this guy was talking about it made everything feel normal. Uh, And it felt better just to like talk about it. So then after talking about it with him for a little while, it's when I started to get a courage to write jokes about it. And the more that I write jokes about it, the better I feel on a day to day. So selfishly, me writing jokes about it is from my own like personal uh, I joke that I treat Twitter like a psychiatrist session. <laughs> no, I was like, that's, you know what? <laughs> that's legit to me. Like sometimes you just have to get that stuff out yeah. that it's, yeah. it's poison inside of you. Get it out. So I, I understand that. And like, yeah, the, you didn't, you were, you were drinking, you were not feeling your feelings. You were, you know, burying hmm. it in, yeah, you have to, you have to heal. And I'm sorry that it took so long, but I'm really glad that you're here now. So it's thank you in, in a way, you know, that, uh, you're using it as a positive. You're, you're using that now and that's good. Yeah. And yeah. And like to also, uh, I felt stupid about it at first only in that I was like, Oh, I'm making all these jokes about me, 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 me. And then a friend pointed out of, no, these jokes are relatable because most people, like I would venture to guess around 50 plus percent of people think this way or have these feelings. So I was like, I'm giving them something to relate about. And occasionally people direct message me and be like, oh, that thing you said is relatable to my life. 
and here's my story. And I was like, oh, this is cool that you want to talk about it. And you trust the stranger you met on the internet. And it's because I trusted these strangers that I meet on the internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why uh, I get like, I love to write jokes about it. So awesome conversation, Ronnie. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. This has been great. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been a joy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so feel free to plug anything. I, I know it's at Ronnie, R-O-N-N-Y-P-A-S-C-A-L-E on Twitter. Friends, please mm-hmm. go find all his stuff. Look at him up. Uh, uh, direct message him. Tell him your story. Tell him you heard him on here uh, at Shut Up, I Love You. And, and yeah, Ronnie, anything else you would like to plug? Uh, all, I mean, live shows, I have a couple of shows in New York all the time. I always have shows in New York. So if you just check my Twitter and then I will be in Los Angeles the second week of April doing some stand-up shows. So if anyone wants to check me out, come say hello, uh, in New York or LA more than welcome to. Yeah. Awesome. So you're, uh, welcome. We, we don't have much time left. We're, we're going to chat for a little bit. You're welcome to hang out with us if you want, or you're welcome to bounce too. Cool. Uh, well, I should. I'm probably getting kicked out. I'm backstage at the theater that I mostly do stand up at, and they closed like 10 minutes ago. So oh, okay. peek their head into the dressing room, yeah. and they're like, "What are you still doing here?" Okay. Okay. Fair well, enough. thank you very much, Ronnie. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Rachel and Dave. Have a good, good day. Yeah. See you, bud. Later. Bye. Thanks, Ronnie. Thanks so much. Like, that was fun. Like, yeah. that, that was a neat conversation, isn't it? I don't know. He's my new best friend. <laughs> and he's a, a pretty popular guy. He's got a lot of followers and, and like, tens of thousands of people. So Yeah, no, he's he's funny. Yeah, Legit. he's a funny guy. And, and please, friends, go find him. He's he's uh, beautiful. And his stuff is so funny, too. So funny. And, uh, yeah, I love the opportunity. I think we're lucky the, to be one of the 365 that got chosen. Yeah, in, in a way, yes, yes. Yeah. We won uh, the... We won a small lottery. We won a small lottery. Or a big lottery. Hooray for us. High five, buddy. <laughs> so, um, adult hoverboarding... Oh. Is, a, is a thing. Oh. <laughs> so, friends, we have, we had, our children got hoverboards for Christmas. Yes. And we had friends come over last night yes. and hang out with us. And um, my daughters are okay on their hoverboards now. They've had them for a couple of days. It took, it took the oldest a minute to get her feet under her, but she, she did. And I think she's doing pretty good with it now um i get on it and i when i first got on it it was like wobbly wobbly but i like i'm fine on it now i don't i mean every time i go to ride it my kids are like no that's mine it's still new so i can't go and ride the thing right you know i almost need to get a hoverboard for myself because those guys are always um taking them i can't never get on but that's okay that's okay it's their toy not mine um but the, all our friends were very specific to not like want to get on, but they weren't gonna try it. Uh, yeah, no. Um, I think that we're all at the age in life, at the the stage where the 
fear of getting hurt. Oh, it's a fear of getting hurt. Out outweighs. I mean, everybody's watched America's Funniest Videos. Mm, yeah. You know, you see Grandpa on a pogo stick going, "No, why would you do that?" And yeah, don't, don't, no, no, no <laughs> yeah. Ah! And then you know, broken wrists later, <laughs> ouch! Is you know, whole side is bruised, kind of a thing. Um, and I think that that's a big part of it. It's just the fear of hurt. Yeah. And I've seen enough adults fall and yeah. I should know better. Unfortunately, <laughs> you and I are still doing those things. Yeah. <laughs> but so, so Rachel, what brings you into the doctor's office today? <laughs> oh, a broken wrist. What, how did you get a broken wrist? Yeah. Why are you a 40 year old woman trying to teach your children how to do penny drops? No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is, uh, a hard thing that came out of our, our party, I guess. And I'm still struggling with it because, um, I got very angry. Yeah. Very, very angry. Yeah. In my visceral reaction to this thing is probably bigger than what the thing is. I, so I, I realized that at the end and I, so I said a thing and I was trying to be a little bit lighthearted and snap you out of it because I didn't realize how severe it was for you. And what I said just made it 10 times worse. Yeah. Crash and push me over the cliff. Right. And I was trying in my head, I was trying to lighten it and pull you back that's not what happened. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, the, whether or not you would have gotten to that point, um, eventually, or I got you there quicker or whatever. Um, there, there's definitely some negative feelings happening. Mm -hmm. And I, um, I guess the part I wanted to, to talk about or, or associate with is, um, the thing that was done was really minuscule in the grand scheme of thing. I should just let it go. I should just be the bigger person. I shouldn't have the anger that is associated with this. It's, it's not warranted. It's not justified. It's, I mean, it's, it is the anger's justified, but it's just not worth it. It's not worth going that far to being that angry over this thing that's really, I mean, I had the right to be angry about it, but then I should have just dropped it. You know, fine, whatever, that's you as a person. But I feel like the history with this person is something that is made it go worse. Like, I feel like I've had this feeling toward this person before. Subsequently, all of those other feelings get thrown in on top of this one. Like, I already have a negative connotation, or I already have... There's baggage. Yes, correct. And that baggage got brought back. That's mm -hmm. what it is. Instantly. Yes. In so much so that I'm going, ha the next time that happens, it may be worse. That I have to fix this thing with this person, or I don't know that I can be around this person. I have to decide one of the two things. Okay. 
you know? Yeah. Because it's, there's the next thing could set me off. And, and, and nothing, the next one could be a deal breaker. Yeah. And, and the next one may be where I'm the one that's the jerk because of all this stuff. So, and, um, it may become unforgivable, you know, it may come to the point where I say things that, um, I don't mean, and I'm angry because of all the baggage, you know, that, and it becomes, well, I'm like, this is done broken right now. My relationship probably can be fixed. And it's probably more me being angry because I didn't, I wasn't mean. I wasn't like, I don't know, at, at the person. I wasn't, I didn't yell or raise my voice or right. do anything to provoke this person. Right. We had a nice converse. It was a friendly conversation. You can tell the words were not heated, but elevated. Uh, the words were elevated and there was emotion involved. Yeah. But nobody was mean. Agreed. Agreed. And both parties kept their cool. Yes. Um, I, I think that, I think that both sides were being defensive and assuming, and that gets sticky. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I mean, ultimately I don't know because I wasn't one of the two people involved. I was just sitting on the outside watching drunkenly. Yeah, and I so think that's the other th- I part. I think that was a part, too. Yeah. That's the other part that's hard is um, there was a clear alcohol level in there, like a, a, a large-scale alcohol. <laughs> we we had been drinking for a while. Yeah. So what what do I do to move forward? Uh, so first, I think you need to give it time because time right now level, you're yeah. still... Angry. Angry, yeah. So you need to, that... Um, maybe we, you can talk with a safe person again, me or your therapist, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just to get this out and think, try to think of it from a different angle. I think because you're still feeling the anger that you have, um, it's clouding decisions that you would make if you weren't angry. And I'm not saying that those feelings aren't. Those are your feelings. It, it's it's how you feel. That's fine. Um, but let's give it some time before trying to fix anything. I think that that's going to help you see differently. Mm-hmm. You, you'll, you'll approach the conversation differently. I will be able to see clear now that like the rain is gone. That's the theory. <laughs> I was just trying to say it in different words. <laughs> Um, so I had a leadership moment as part of the little league. So friends, I'm, I'm the little league president, whatever. Humble brag. (laughs) I like saying saying that it's really a stupid, like, why would you sign up to do this thing? It's a thankless task that somebody has to do. And, um, I had a moment where I had to make a leadership call. I had to make a a leadership decision where somebody asked us, uh, me, 
to to provide or my group to provide a favor that was essentially against the rules. We have a clear defined set of rules and there's a good chance this favor we could have got we could have gone through and not gotten caught. Like oh, no, yeah, I'm sure. Nobody would have... And I'm sure. Our league would have made a couple extra bucks out of it. Yep. Yeah, and it was we were getting paid to do a thing that, you know... To could, look the other way. Yeah, correct. Yeah. And I said, these words came out of my mouth, that I, if I am in charge, if I am the head guy, then I don't do this. I follow the rules and I play the game the right way. So subsequently, I can't do this thing. I gave this person options to that we thought was clear and defined as within our set of rules or guidelines. Mm-hmm. And I think I made them mad because of it. But how, I mean, that to me shows the morality of it. These, I'm following the rules and it makes you mad. Yeah. That feels gross. Yeah. But is it what? So part of being a leader is knowing when to follow the rules and when not to follow. Set good examples. Yeah. Yeah. You're, and it's, I, I understand that potentially there could have been a quote-unquote donation made mm-hmm. and that would have helped financially. Mm-hmm. And right, chances are we would not have gotten caught. But what kind of an example is that setting? And you're you're starting, that's one of those things, you're starting down a slippery slope. But, yeah. you know, it's... This this is why this is important. Um, it's it is not a situation where someone is being discriminated against. Uh, so it's a crap rule. Yes, there's no, no. It's a legit rule. Yeah, this is a legit rule. It's if it's it has to do with. Little League Charter, Little League Rules. If you want to be part of a specific organization, there are certain rules. And none of these things are discriminatory or racist. So it's okay to follow those rules. Now, if the rules are bad, are negative, are politically incorrect... Mm-hmm. then yeah, I'm going to not be part of that organization. I'm going to break the rules so that I can do it the right way. But that's not the case this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, so my, when I told, when I went back to this person said, look, I can't do it because of these two things. Here's the, my guidelines. And then the third thing was, um, you know, I can't do it because I don't, do this. I don't do what you're asking me to do. I want you to play by the rules. Um, This person was very specific to say, well, this is how it's always been done. I don't care how it's always been done. 
if I am in charge, this is how I'm doing it now. I, I mean, 100%, that's why you wanted to become in charge, was because of that kind of a thing that was happening. That people weren't following the rules. People were making bad decisions in not caring about the consequences of everyone involved. Everyone is involved in the organization. You need to keep that in consideration when you make those decisions. It's not a private thing. It's a public thing. Mm -hmm. So you need to do what's in the best interest for the public. That's how that works. Mm -hmm. If you want to do a private organization thing, pay the money and go to a place where you can do that. The public is not where you're going to do that. Yeah. I looked up, uh, I looked up a listicle for leadership skills. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to do it this time. We're short on time. Um, however, I just, just so everybody knows, I do all the things. (laughs) I'm the perfect leader. It was more, um, was leading leaders, you know, set set examples and follow the rules. Yeah. And, um, you know, and that, that shows other people that, wait a minute, I want to be, I want to stand beside this guy because I know he's going to treat me the right way or, or, you know, whatever, whatever that means, you know, yeah. and that, like that was, you know, okay. It made me feel good that, okay, then the decision I'm making is right because of the parameters that I have. Yeah. Yeah. If the, my parameters change and I, my rules are different, then maybe I make different, the, the equation that comes out on the other end, maybe that's different. And I of make course. different choices. Of course. Because of that. I, I think that that's how it should be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, one last thing here before I got a, I re- got a really good song. Okay. I got a really good song. Good. I'm super excited about good. this song. So, yeah. And here's my note. I'll read my note. Is being relevant in everything is relevant and everything here's my note (laughs) (laughs) and I can't read it verbatim because I don't know what I was writing. Okay. 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 When I was writing this, um, and it's about being relevant and in a world where everything is relevant and it is not relevant at the same time. Um, and, what I mean by that is we had a friend, a, a very close friend, uh, sh- send a message out to the world. Is everybody excited that tomorrow we do not have to hear about voting every day for the Dave Matthews fan? Because voting is now over. Friends, congratulations. We made over a million votes. I'm super excited about that. Um, I, I'm grateful that our you said fans... It fans like rallied around and um we all rallied behind the band and it was neat it was neat to see all our friends gathered together and say we're gonna do this thing and my being relevant and not relevant as the same time is that act of doing a million votes and the social media aspect of it and everybody rallying together like that is relevant that is a relevant thing it may have been for a irrelevant vote it may have been the rock hall fan voting is one vote out of 1000 it doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things it's a tenth of a percent no 
It's a one one thousandth. Whatever. It's point zero one percent. Whatever. Uh, I have the math one hundred percent wrong. Um, <laughs> no, one hundred three percent wrong. Yeah, I have the math one hundred three percent wrong. Yeah, but but the the vote itself, the the fan vote itself for being a rock hall of fame is zero. That is not relevant. But the fans rallying around the band is relevant, right? Because so, that helps people to see how relevant they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I don't I like. So I the biggest thing is nobody wants to. You know, the, our friend didn't want to see it. Oh, we don't have to see vote every day um, uh, things because. Uh, you know, it's the fan voting is over. I'm excited about that. And I'm like, I'm a little sad that it's going to go away. I mean, so a little bit, yes, because number one, you've been working so hard towards this thing, but also you're exhausted of it because you've been working so hard towards this thing. So it's like, it's a bittersweet mm-hmm. where, yeah, I can see how some people, you know, you get annoyed with it. Hard work can be annoying. Yes. Mm -hmm. But you know, to me it's, it's bittersweet. Yeah. So. Okay. So I'm super excited about this song. I don't know that it is a top 40 song, but I do know that you and I will both know the lyrics. Okay. And when I heard it, I was singing it very loudly, and I'm going, ooh, great song. And I hadn't heard it for years. Okay. I have not heard this. This is not a song that is played often. Okay. But it was a very relevant song at the time it came out. Okay, did you or I or we own any form of this album song tape i don't i didn't own it i don't know if you owned it there's a chance you may have owned it but i don't think so. okay okay all right eight track no no newer than uh it's newer than the best year ever he was a boy she was a girl. <laughs> Can I not make this any more obvious? <laughs> he was a punk. She did ballet. What more can I say? I gotta think of the yeah. name though. He wanted her. She'd never tell. Avril Lavigne? Was that her name? Secretly, she wanted him anyway. I thought it was. Or she, as wanted, well. she wanted She wanted him, him as well. well. But all of her friends stuck up their nose. <laughs> they had a problem with, with his, his baggy, baggy clothes. clothes. You want me to say the name of the song? Is that what yeah. you're waiting for? Oh, Skater Boy. Yeah, Skater he Boy. He was a skater boy. She's a skater boy. Yeah. We heard it when we were shopping in a store the other day. I was like, oh my goodness, how do I know the... Oh my goodness... And the song's never played, but then I thought, wait a minute, it is being played right Obviously, now. Obviously, right <laughs> now, yeah. No. And Avril Lavigne, she like went crazy maybe a little bit. I don't think so. I but don't know. crazy is a relative term, so I, yeah. yeah I I'm could. crazy. You're crazy. Yeah, you're We're right. all crazy. Yeah. Um, 
the I she she got married. Yes, she yeah. I yeah, think. and I think that she like stepped out. I'm I mean I don't know. I don't, we don't know. know yeah. Anything. We it's don't follow. Any, yeah. And so. it's not quite frankly, it's not a whatever. Business. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't affect our lives. No, I know that definitely like I felt that song when it came out because, uh, so there, there was a movie. Ballet. No, from my childhood. <laughs> um, clueless. Okay. Yeah. And there's a distinct scene in clueless where, uh, Alicia Silverstone talks about, the skater boys. Mm -hmm. And that was the kind of guy I went after at that stage in my life, at that time in my life. And you know, the, 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 and, but they still wanted the ballet dancer. Mm -hmm. Like it's shit. I I was living that. (laughs) So that song invoked a lot of feelings in me. And yeah, I can remember singing that song and just, (laughs) <laughs> did you uh did you own the album no 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 yeah okay i was right then no i think we were together when that song came out though oh really didn't it no i don't think so thank you friends thank you so much for finding us this is uh this has been super fun after the last one we we wanted to have a fun one and i, I think we did i think we landed um thank you to at ronnie pascal um, so cool of him to hang out with us. Please, again, find him, friends, uh, Twitter. Follow him at R-O-N-N-Y-P-A-S-A-C-L-E. <laughs> um, it, he, super fun guy. Follow all the stuff. Uh, and, and thank you for doing it. So, And uh, thank you, friends, for listening and subscribing and all of those things. And please uh, tell a friend. Friends tell friends. There's nothing that helps our grow our audience more. Please uh, tell a friend. Tell them to listen. And, um, and then, too, if this is the first time you're listening to us, uh, try three of them. Please go go through uh, the back catalog, find a funny episode or so, and and take a listen. I, I hope we uh, get it after three of them. I think we can get it right for you. And uh, maybe not. We just want to I know. Go. I was thinking just not last week. <laughs> just not last week. Yeah. And um, I'd like to say thank you. Thank you to you listening right now. Uh, Thank you to Team Sound and Team Tech and Team Music for doing all the things that you do so we can do the things that we do. And thank you to R. Thank you, D. (laughs) For, um, I don't know, for being you this week. For doing you. For getting up and going to work and (laughs) brushing your teeth. I brush my teeth every day and I showered every day. And that's all you can ask of me. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I can ask of you. We love all our friends. And that means you. And we hope you enjoyed our podcast too. But don't believe anything we say. We're all bullshit today. Because we'll do us. And we'll do you. We love you.